tired of listening to the same old boring podcast bull****, then tune in to the Unnamed Podcast, available on Anchor.fm and Spotify.com. You're listening to the Unnamed Podcast with Midnight Lunatic, available on Anchor.fm and Spotify.com. And without further ado, here is your host, Midnight Lunatic. Hello, Midnight Crew, and welcome back to Season 3. Now, 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 I know what you guys are saying. Dang, it's already been two weeks. Yes, yes it has. It really has. It went by pretty quick. And I know it wasn't exactly the way I hoped it would be, you know, with that echo and everything. But, man, I I did what I could. I, I didn't notice it until afterwards when I was editing. And I was like, man, I mean, we talked about a lot. And I really don't want to go through the hassle of having to record everything. And, you know, my guest, Matt, he, he just... He wasn't feeling it either. He was just like, nah, we're just going to go with that. Like, you know, it was, it is what it is, guys. It is what it is. We, uh, we live and we learn and, you know, we, we now start over and, uh, we continue to, to keep it going. So I don't have any topics. I don't, I'm not doing any topics today. This is going to be story time part two and, I'm going to tell you a story that I have never told the public. Now, my family members know, um, but as far as public, I've never, ever shared this story before. And to be honest, I was never really going to share it until everything was finalized. And uh, I can say, as of today, as I'm recording... Everything's finalized, and I feel like now is a good time for me to share my story and kind of hopefully teach you guys not to make the same mistakes that I made. Now, you you guys have no clue what I'm talking about. We're going to get to it in a second. But first, as always, we got to start it off with Fact Fact of the the week. Week. It's everybody's favorite time of the week. It's time for... The Fact of the the Week! So, Fact of the Week. This is interesting. This is interesting. People tend to become silent when angry in order to prevent an argument i i you know i never really pay attention to myself when i'm angry all i know is when i'm angry i like to punch stuff because it it lets me take out my frustrations but when i'm at a place that i can't really do that I kind of just have to hold it in until they go away and I kind of just say some stuff under my my breath and uh, go somewhere where it's quiet, I'm alone, and uh, I start hitting something. So I'm not sure about staying silent, but like when you're at work and people make you mad, you know, it just kind of, you can't really say nothing. You got to stay quiet. 
So, yes, it's it's true. But for me, I, I think it's like half true because like I, I got to stay quiet. If I'm at home and I become angry, no, I'm not really quiet. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a hard one. But, yeah, fact of the week, people tend to get more uh, silent when they're angry. That's uh, interesting. Very interesting. But, anyways, back to this story that I'm going to tell you today. Now, a lot of people did not know this. For the people that do know, you know the entire story. But I am going to retell it from my perspective. Uh, because it, it obviously did happen to me. And this is this is my story on what happened. So, uh, I gotta start from the beginning. A couple years back, about three years back, going on three years, I had a job at JCPenney. And I was a, uh, a manager there. I, uh, you know, I had my supervisor, but I was the, like, my, my supervisor's, like, uh, assistant, I guess you can say. So, when you're working, like, a retail uh, job, there's, there's different departments, right? There's, you know, women's, there's men's, there's, you know, the kids' sections, there's the shoes. Like, each department has its own manager and, like, little, you know, um, assistant. So, I was basically the assistant to my supervisor. And, uh, you know, at the end of the night, we had this routine where the supervisor would do all of the you know, the, the nightly paperwork and all that, go to the back and, um, you know, start writing their, their email to send to the other, uh, you know, managers and everything. And I would collect the money from the tills and deposit it into the safe and do all that stuff. So at that time in my life, I was really, really low on funds. Now you can already kind of tell where the story is going. I was very, very behind on bills. I was struggling. You know, the car that I had at the time was breaking down. Uh, I didn't have, you know, money like that to, uh, you know, use, you know, Uber and stuff to work because the, the buses don't really go to where I used to work. Like, they didn't run over there. So, like, I had really no way of getting to work without my car. And so I was panicking. You know, I was trying to fix up my car, but it, it just, it was too much money and, you know, I couldn't afford it. You know, I could barely afford my rent. I was living at, by myself at the time and everything was, it was, it just felt like it was going downhill and it was to the point where like, I was almost evicted. I was, you know, my, my phone bill was getting late. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't have any food. I was, I was just in a really bad position in my life. And so one night, I don't, I don't know why or what was going on in my head, but it happened. I was, I was doing my, my nightly stuff and my job and went to, you know, go put the money in the safe, deposit it all. And I opened up the safe, did all the stuff, and as I was putting all the uh, money in there, I they they always like kept a, a a till in the back. They they always kept like an extra till of of just money 
in in the safe. And so I, you know, I noticed that you know there was all this money in there, and I I really I don't know what I was thinking, but I was you know I grabbed it and I took about half of it and put it in my pocket. Now this this was only the beginning. It, it gets a lot worse, and I did not realize how bad it was until I eventually got caught. So the first time I uh, took a stack of money, it averaged around, I want to say, $700. And that was in one night. I managed to steal $700 from my job. I knew it was not going to be enough because my rent at the time was about 800 and some plus i had to you know pay for my gas and then i had to you know get food and pay for you know my rent so i knew it wasn't going to be enough so i knew what i had to do but at the same time i just i didn't want to but i felt like i had no choice so a couple days went by no one said anything no one suspected anything and another night went by i was closing did all my stuff and once again i put my hand in the cookie jar and sliced another piece of that pie and put it in my pocket and i honestly i don't remember the the totals of each time i did but eventually two months later i i got caught I, um, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like no one really talked to me before. No one was like questioning me about it. It just, it all happened in one day. So I went into work thinking, you know, nothing of it. And it was, it was really weird because that day I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this no more. Like, I'm not going to do it. I know I'm closing tonight. I'm not going to do it. Like game over. That's, that's it. I'm not, I'm not doing it no more. You know, I, I already took too much. That's It's too much. Like, I, I can't do it. Well, it was too late by then because what had happened was when I went back to clock in for the day, my GM walks up to me and was like, hey, you mind if I speak to you in my office? And I was like, okay, sure. Not thinking on anything of it. Now, I knew my name was in the running to become a supervisor at that time. So I was thinking it was going to be something good news related. But no, it was not. As soon as I headed to his office, I see our loss prevention guy, which is pretty much the person that stops me from stealing, and his boss. They were both in there at the same time. Now, my GM was no nowhere around. Even though he was the one that said, can I talk to you in my office? He was nowhere around. I walked in. They said, have a seat. They called me by my name, you know, and everything. Have a seat. And then they started talking to me about, you know, what their job is, what I think that their job is, um, you know, and, and the, the loss prevention guy, me and him were, were kind of buddies. You know, we would talk every day, you know, and I would help him out trying to uh, catch other people from, you know, stealing. And, uh, you know, we were, we're kind of close, you know, we're, we're kind of friends, but in a way, you know, like it's his job to, you know, do this kind of stuff. So like, I, I couldn't blame him. He was just doing his job. 
Um, but they started questioning me. They were like, well, we know what you did. It would just be easier if you would just come clean and admit to what you did. And, you know, me being the way I am, being stubborn and everything, I try to play it stupid. I try to play it dumb like I, like they, I didn't know what they were talking about. So I was like, uh, I don't really know what you want me to admit to, but whatever you think I did, I probably didn't do it. So if you want to tell me what's happening, then maybe I can admit to something that you maybe think I did. They were like, come on, just admit it. You know, we, we, we deal with this all the time and we want to make sure that, you know, if this goes down the way that it's going to go down, that we have enough so that way we can help you out and not make this more than what it has to be. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what you're wanting me to say. So they asked me, what happens when someone is caught stealing? And I'm like, I mean, if you're talking customers, then, you know, we call the cops and they get arrested or, you know, if we can't catch them in time, they kind of just walk free and then we'll catch them next time they come in. And they were like, okay, well, what about when an employee gets caught stealing? I'm like, um, well, then they are immediately fired and that's that's that okay now again we're gonna ask you come clean now so that way you can help you out and uh you know it'll just be easier that way for all of us i'm like honestly i don't know what you guys want me to say i'm not gonna admit to anything they were like okay well what happens when the closing managers have to uh, take out, you know, the money from your registers and put it into the safe? Now I was explaining to him like this process you got to go through. You got to click this and do that, and then put this and do that. They're like, okay. So can you tell me why, or do you have any knowledge of why our safe has been low? And I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I just put the money in there and that's it. You know, still playing stupid, still playing dumb. Like, I didn't know what, what's going on. They were like, okay, well, you might not know this, but there is a camera in there. And I was like, yeah, I noticed. They were like, okay, well, we've noticed a couple things that looked a little suspicious so we went ahead and we inserted a microscopic camera into the safe and do you know what we found at this point i was like okay it's game over they got me let me just confess i was like okay all right well if you are talking about me taking money from the safe then okay yes i i admit it i did it and they were like okay that's that's what we wanted to hear what we wanted to hear and i was like you know i'm i'm sorry you know i feel really bad i wasn't gonna do it no more and you know i was gonna pay it back eventually i just i'm in a really bad spot and i started telling them like you know i'm gonna lose my apartment if i don't keep up my rent like my car just broke down i don't got no other way of getting to work you know just telling them like what's really going on they were like it's understandable but at the same time, you know that doing this is not the right way to go. 
And, you know, of course I knew that, but I felt like I had no other choice. And that's, that's what I told him. I was like, I just, you know, I got caught up. I didn't feel like I had any choice, you know, like if I asked my parents, you know, they don't have the money like that to be sending me and, you know, I, I can't do that to them. And, you know, I was just, I thought maybe I can just do this on my own and figure it out. They're like, okay, well, you know, now that you admitted to it, we would like to get a written statement. And so what I had to do was write down exactly what happened, what my thought process was, the days of when I think I did it, the amounts I think I did, you know, saying that I'm sorry to the company, this and that. So I, you know, wrote the letter and everything. I don't know why I had to do that because they didn't even like give it to the police when they showed up. So after I'm done with that, I'm like, I, I can't lose my job. Like, this is the only job I have. It's the only way I pay my bills. Like, I, I can't, I can't do this. They're like, well, we've never had anyone do this and, and not lose their jobs over it and not go to jail for it. I'm like, I can't, I can't go to jail either. Like, I can't get arrested. Like, that's, I can't do that. They're like, that's, that's the only, it's the only option you have at this point. And so I was like, man, I, okay, it's game over. It's 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 done. I, I got to face my consequences. And, you know, the LP guy, he walks out of the room, gets on the phone with PD. And about five minutes later, they show up. They go to the office. They uh, go and search me. They read me my rights. They uh, go into my wallet. They're like, is any of this... You know, uh, the owners of J.C. Penny. Like, does J.C. Penny own any of this? And I was like, well, I have my store key. I have, you know, my name tag, and I have, you know, a couple, you know, bills in my wallet. They're like, okay, is this all of it or is this just some? I was like, it's only some. I don't have all of it. You know, I had to use it to pay my bills and other things. They're like, okay. So they showed me the, the dates and the uh, amounts of each time that I, I took money. It added up to almost $6,000. It was about 5,800 5, and some. And I was like, man, like there's no way. But at the time, like I remember like first night was 700. I believe like the second night was like six. The you know, third time was like nine. So, I mean, it did add up. It did add up within those two months that I was doing it. It added up. So I, I get it. I, I know now. But at that time, I was like, there's no way it was that much. Like, are you are you serious? Like, really? So they read, read me my rights. They handcuffed me. They took me up front. And uh, I remember looking up at uh, one of my best friends and to see the way that they looked at me it was it was heartbreaking because it was it was a my best friend was a girl and i had a crush on her um and i'm pretty sure she had a crush on me too um you know we would always flirt and stuff but anyways she looked at me and she gave me this look and i'm like man this, this is this is heartbreaking like golly and so uh, I had my backpack on me. They put me in the car. They checked my backpack. Everything in my backpack I owned. Like I, I bought. Like I, you know, 
use my own money, of course, but I, I owned it. I had the receipts. I, you know, was everything. So they checked my bag and uh, they started taking me down to the station. And before they did that, they asked me, do you want to take your bag to the station? Because if we do that and you get um, taken out of jail, you're going to have to pay back. Uh, you're going to have to pay for your, your stuff back. Or we can go stop by your apartments if it's on the way, and we can uh, drop it off there. I was like, okay, let's just drop it off there. So they they got my phone, my keys, everything. They they put it, you know, inside my my house, and uh, took me down to the station. They processed me. Man, it, I'm telling you, the process into the jail is uh, it's it's something else. I had to wait around three hours so that they can take like my pictures and all that. And then they transported me to the actual jail jail, which then it was probably because by the time I was at the station, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. I probably didn't get finished processed until around eight or nine at night. So it was hours. I'm talking hours. I was sitting on that like cold bench, just waiting for them to call me and process me and you know, do all that. So they released me after a few hours. It was about four or five in the morning, probably maybe even three in the morning, somewhere like early, super early in the morning. And they released me under my goodwill. They just told me not to miss my court dates, la la la. I did not have my phone, did not have my wallet, nothing on me as they released me. And this is in downtown Phoenix. Now I, I don't live in downtown Phoenix. I live you know, in Tempe, that's, you know, quite a, quite a travels on foot. If you ask me, luckily for me, there was a taxi outside waiting. Cause I guess that's just what they do. They just wait until people get released from jail and then take them home if they need to. That's exactly what happened. I was like, Hey man, I, I don't have my wallet on me. I have it at home, but if you can take me there, I can grab it real quick and go to the bank, get some money out for you and pay for the ride. He goes, okay. Took me home, got my wallet, went to the bank. By the time we did all that, the total was like $110 for that ride. That is, to this day, the most expensive ride I have ever taken in my life. Like $110 for a taxi from downtown to my house. Not even to my house, to the bank. What, $110? I, I've never paid that in Uber in all my life. Never. And I probably never will. So it was about four, you know, four in the morning, five in the morning, somewhere around there. It was super cold. Got dropped off at the bank, got him his money, paid him. He was like, are you sure you don't want me to drive you home? It's kind of late. You know, it's really cold. And I was like, dude, honestly, I, I can't afford no more. He was like, are you sure? Like, it's really cold. And I'm like, are you going to charge me for the ride? He was like, I'd have to. And I'm like, then no, I, I don't need it. Yeah, I don't have the money for it. I'm just, I'll just walk home. You know, the bank is about three. It's about a good two-mile walk. So like, I'll, I'll just do the two-mile walk. It's fine. Like, it's not that far away. I'll, I'll just walk it. <sighs> called up my, try to call up my mom first. She didn't answer. Called up my dad. He answered. And I was like, hey, I, uh, I got to tell you something. You know, I 
just pretty much spent the night in jail. This is what happened. La la la. Told him the story. Then uh, later that day, you know, after I got home, I took a shower. I went to bed. Um, you know, I thank God that I still wasn't in that place. Um, then I woke up the next morning or later that day, I should say. And my mom called me and I was like, Hey, you know, I got arrested. This is what happened. Told her the story. And I, I heard the disappointment in, in both of my parents, you know, voices. I, I heard the disappointment and you know, they, they weren't mad. They were disappointed more than ever. Like I've, I've never heard them this disappointed before. They, they knew that they, they raised me better than that. And I know they raised me better than that, but I just, I felt like I was lost. I felt like I was losing everything and I just didn't know I had another way out. Um, so because of that, I had to go to court and what had happened was I took a plea deal. This plea deal stated that I was to pay back that $6,000. I was to have two years of probation and 60 hours of community service. Now, they also said if I was to decline that plea and do a trial for it and lose that trial, I would spend up to eight years in prison. Now, you tell me which is the better deal there. And yeah, I, I took the plea. I was like, I'd rather be out and try to do my best to do that two years and pay everything back than spend eight years in prison because I honestly, I can't survive. I cannot survive prison. Nope. I couldn't even survive jail. I hated it. I couldn't even survive the couple hours I was in there. It was, it was horrible. I met some interesting people. Not going to lie. I met some really interesting people in there. Um, never seen them after that, but interesting people. It's not all bad, I guess. If you make friends, the right friends, I guess. Anyways. Um, yes. So with the last two years of my life, that is what I was working to accomplish. It was the roughest two years of my life because one, I did not have a job. I just got fired from my last one for obvious reasons. I did not have a job. Did not have money. Did not have a car. Did not have a single thing to my name. It wasn't until my rent was due that I was like, I have no choice but to tell my parents. Hopefully they can come up with something to help me out. And thank the Lord that both of my parents were in a position where they were able to pay my rent on time. Now, no, it wasn't on time. It was a couple days late, but the fact that I had a good renter's history with the place that I'm living, they were like, we're just, we'll waive the fee, this and that. Just here you go. So they, they waived the fee for me and managed to pay the rent in full. And my best friend, my brother, he was so kind and actually paid my phone bills for me. So I would have my phone. So my friend was paying my phone. My mom and dad were paying my rent. And 
I, I tried my hardest. I was trying my hardest to find a job. And luckily for me too, they also let me slip by three months to try to find a job because my public attorney was like, so he does not have a job. How is he able to pay back this restitution? Can we give him a, a leeway? Um, so that way he has opportunity and time to find a job. And luckily they accepted it. They gave me three months to try to find a job before the, um, I actually had to start to pay him back. So I found a job. It wasn't easy, but I got a job at McDonald's after applying to like 50 other places. Literally for an entire week, I was out outdoors. I went to the mall. I, I, I walked around everywhere. Um, everything that was around me close by that was in walking distance. I walked. I asked for an application. I went online. I filled out applications like crazy just everywhere just application 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 put it in submitted it everything um started calling back places you know a couple days after you know asking if they reviewed it if anything and uh i had a opportunity a job opportunity at fries i went there doing the interview process the lady was real nice and it was like it was a guaranteed job because she only asked me one question of that interview and she was like honestly i'm not even gonna waste your time reading the rest of this i want you i want you hired uh when can you start and i was like any any day anytime i can start tomorrow i can start right now whatever you need me to do i'll do it they're like okay well we can't hire you right now um not until we do a drug test and a background check. Now I was like, okay, I'm, I can easily pass the drug test. That background check is what scared me. As soon as she said background check, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this job. They did the background check. A couple days later, I called. Didn't hear nothing from them, so I called. I was like, hey, I'm just calling to see about my application. They did a background check. What's going on? They're like, okay, so it does look like your application appeared to come in red, and that means that we cannot hire you. I was like, all right, I understand. Thank you for your time. Next day, I got a call from the Home Depot, which is literally across the street from where I live. Got the call from them, walked over there, did the interview. They're like, okay, we'd like to hire you. When can you start? Anytime right now tomorrow whatever you need me i'll do it can't hire you got to do a background check drug test so okay same thing same process okay a couple days later they called back sorry we cannot hire you your background check shows red damn it damn it damn it back to square one i was like i don't want to work fast food but mcdonald's is right there wendy's is right there jack in the box everything's right here went to wendy's said that they weren't hiring walked over to mcdonald's they were hiring they did the interview the same day and gave me my uniform the same day told me to come back tomorrow morning had a job working at mcdonald's thought okay this is this is gonna be good this is gonna be better got some money coming in i can do stuff well i was super super wrong what had happened was mcdonald's 
was only wanting me to work three days for four hours. Now you tell me if anyone out there in this world can survive off of 12 hours, that's insane because I cannot. And so I was like, I need to find me another job. I really do. I, I cannot do this. I can't work, you know, 12 hours a week. That's not going to pay for anything. I can't do it. So I started applying for more, more jobs, more and more and more. Luckily for me, there was an arcade inside the mall where I stay at or where I stay next to. Applied there, got a call about a week later asking me to come in for an interview. Now, by then, I already quit McDonald's because I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. Whatever. I'm done. I don't want to work here no more. It's just stupid. I was treated very poorly there, too. Like, they didn't, they didn't give me no training. They didn't tell me what to do. Nothing. They were just like, here, this is what you do. There you go. So, no training. I quit. Got the call from the arcade. Went in for the interview. And, bam, hired me. Gave me my, my work shirt. They told me, hey. You know, come in tomorrow, we'll start you. They didn't do a background check. They didn't drug test. I was like, great. I got a job. It's full time. I got, I'm, I'm in business. Started off minimum wage as everyone does. And started off in the uh, redemption area, which for people that have never worked in a arcade before, the redemption area is pretty much the, um, the counter where all the prizes are. Now... Uh, it wasn't until later on in the month where apparently the kitchen that is, um, you know, there's a kitchen in the arcade. Kitchen staff, I guess, quit or was just understaffed or I don't know what was going on. And so they knew I had a, you know, I worked with food before. They knew I had a food handler's card, this and that. And uh, they asked me, hey, you mind going up to the kitchen to help them out? They're a little short-staffed. You know, they don't really have anyone to help them out. My dog is uh, barking here. So if you can hear that in the background, it's my dog. But uh, hey, relax. So I uh, went up to the kitchen and they were like, yeah, this, this is not, you know, this is not permanent. We're just going to keep you here for the day just to help out. I should have never went because the day after that, same thing happened. Hey, you mind them going to the kitchen, the short staff, this and that? It wasn't until a week later they were like, can you just stay in the kitchen permanently because we're really short staffed and you seem like you know what you're doing? I was like, do I have to? Like I said in my interview, like I would rather not work with food. They're like, well, we need someone. You're the only one here that has like kitchen experience. Like, can you please do it? All right. So a couple months passed by. I'm in the kitchen. I'm fully trained. You know, I didn't. I uh, had to pretty much train myself. There was a couple guys there um, that were training me, but they shortly quit after that. And so I was pretty much on my own. And at one point, it was me and some other dude that were running the kitchen because everyone else quit. And because of the way that the schedules were set up, I had to work doubles, 13 hour shifts back to back for a straight week. Well, he 
takes a week off. And then when I'm done with my week, then he goes and works for a straight week. And we kind of just traded off there. Now, let me tell you, those checks were big. Was it worth it? No. <laughs> for the work that I had to do, one person running an entire kitchen by myself, hell no, was it worth it. But I had to do what I had to do. I had to pay my bills. I had to do everything. I knew what I had to do. So, finally hired more people. Short story, you know, long story short, stay there for about two years. I quit. I got tired of it. I uh, did everything I had to do. Now, two years later, I did say two years. Remember, I had two years probation. So, last November, had my last visit with my probation officer. She told me I was completely done with everything I had to do. I finished my community service. I finished off paying all that restitution money. I finished, you know, making my, my monthly visits out to her. I passed every drug test, um, you know, did everything I had to do. She was like, honestly, I have no other thing for you. And to be honest, next month you're, you're due for your last visit. But if you don't show up, because the the period ends before your next visit so if you don't show up next month we're we're not going to go after you for it it's whatever you're free at this point i'm so excited i'm like yes okay this is good but at the same time i knew i still had that felony under my name now they told me in the court whenever i was dealing with all this that after I was done with everything, I could sign a petition to the courts to get it dropped to a misdemeanor. And so what they told me was that I had to wait for my papers, you know, my papers of completion to arrive before I could do that. And months and months passed and didn't receive anything. Back in April, I had texted my probation officer and I was like, hey, you know, this is la la la. I'm just, uh, you know, trying to reach you because I haven't received any of my paperwork for my, my probation. I'm wondering if something went wrong, this and that. Did not get any reply. It wasn't until today. Yes, today, as I'm recording this. I was hanging out with my cousin and luckily for me, she, she deals with all that, you know, stuff with dealing with cases and she can look up your background and all that stuff and was telling her, you know, this and that, you know, how I'm waiting for my paperwork and I want to try to get it dropped to a misdemeanor, but I'm just trying to wait for the paperwork and this and that. Well, she, she checked my background and You'll never guess what she found. Now this, this was just the, the cherry on top. She told me that in January 22nd of this year, it was dropped to a misdemeanor. Yes, folks, 
I am no longer a felon. I am now just at a misdemeanor. Now, this was a big deal for me. And this, it, it made me feel good. And I'm still having a good day. I feel very, very, very blessed. And just very proud and accomplished of, of what I was able to overcome. Because believe me, guys, it, it, was, it was not easy. Especially with depression, you know, you, you constantly want to give up because you, you have the feeling that you're just, you're not going to be able to do it. And especially in the beginning with not having a job, not having a car, not having any type of finances coming in. It was, it was super, super discouraging and super rough I, to the point where I was like, I just, I feel like giving up. Like maybe the better option was for me to go to prison. And I, I honestly felt that way. And I, I told my parents, I was like, I, I feel this way. You know, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. And they just, they kept on pushing me and they kept encouraging me to just push yourself. Keep trying, do what you're doing. It's going to come to you. You just got to be patient, work hard. Two years later, after busting my ass and working hard, I can honestly say that all that hard work paid off. And I'm getting emotional right now thinking about it, but that's just because I was so so tempted to give up so many times and i didn't and i worked hard and i busted my ass and i i i'm proud of myself you know and i i thought that this felony was gonna haunt me for the rest of my life and you know i i've been trying to look for better jobs and trying to look for for better housing and being a felon, it's it's hard doing that. It's really hard to find a decent job, a good job. It's hard to find apartments that are going to let you live there. And it was it was so rough these past two years. And man, it it felt amazing knowing that it was it was dropped to a misdemeanor, and it, it feels amazing. I felt like I got this entire weight off my shoulders and i can stop worrying about it and man it just it feels good it really does guys and i just i want to thank my family for for being there and giving me the, the motivation that i needed to to keep going and not give up and just keep pushing and you know with without them i i would not be here i would would definitely not be here if it wasn't for them and it's sorry guys it's it's just it's a lot it's it's a lot to take in and i just i feel really accomplished i really do it was so hard guys it was so rough but yeah it <laughs> I just felt like it was it was time to share that story and hopefully anyone out there that is going through some hard times just know that there are better options than having to to steal from your workplace there's better options than than having to steal from people there's there's different options out there that you can exercise instead of putting your entire life in, in jeopardy like I did and and it's 
it's it's overwhelming and today it it's been a really really great day and i i look forward to to many more great days knowing that i i never want to make the same mistakes that i i made i never do i've i've learned my lesson i've i've overcome obstacles that i've never thought i'd overcome and it, it feels amazing and uh yeah that's uh that's story time <laughs> um hopefully you guys enjoyed and uh sorry that i'm uh so sniffly and <laughs> crying right now but i i did it i really did it and now i can i can stop worrying and just live my life and try to get a better job and do what i have to do to put me in a better position than i am today and that's that's what i do every single day i try to live to make my life better every day and uh, it's hard work but it, it is what i have to do and that's that's what i want to do you know just because all this is done does not mean that you know it it's over you know i i still gotta push i still gotta work my ass off because it it's not over it, it's definitely not over i i want a house i don't want to live in an apartment all my life i want a house i want a good job i want a car you know i i want all, i want all of it and i'm not gonna get it if if i don't work hard for it and so i'm, I'm continuing to push myself and continuing to break down those barriers and overcome everything and i i hope you guys can do the same i hope you guys are doing the same never settle for for less than what you know you're you're able to do always aspire to be greater tomorrow than you were today and that that's my biggest inspiration i can give to you guys do not live tomorrow the same as you did today and it's if you think about it that's that's powerful stuff you know you don't you don't want to live like you are living right now you want to live better right the only way to do that is push yourself determination hard work it, it'll pay off but anyways that's story time <laughs> uh midnight lunatic signing off i'm <laughs> gonna go relax take a shower and uh enjoy the rest of my night and uh celebrate <laughs> it was definitely a hard hard one but i i felt like it was it was time to share this story and i hope it it, it inspires someone out there and uh yeah Let's, let's keep season three going guys uh, i know this is not the norm but uh story time man i had it i had to do it i had to but thank you guys i love you thank you for all your support and uh we'll see you next time goodbye stay safe <laughs>